and Luke. We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. Thought, 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 thought. <laughs> Boomerang. Boom. Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. To the show live from the auction community studios. It is Wolf and Luke. Lorenzo Alexander is in for Wolf today. After Wolf yesterday trashed me for taking like a three day vacation two weeks ago, he promptly went away on vacation. That's what we do. Yeah. We give you a hard time to justify, you know, when we go away. We good. That's, that's okay. Uh, so Zoe is here. We're going to talk a little basketball right now. And uh, Chris Paul is, I believe, I don't know, the graduation ceremony was taking a while this morning in uh, Winston-Salem. But Chris Paul is getting his college degree today. Okay. He's walking. He's like, he's doing the full ceremony and nice. everything. So that's, that's a pretty cool story. So it's his undergrad. I believe so, yeah. Okay, cool. I believe so. Oh, that's big time right there. Um, um, yeah, anytime you go back to school, man. Get that mind going. Heard, it's always a blessing. I heard Vince saying uh, this morning he's going to have to introduce him now, and not from uh, Wake Forest, but from Winston-Salem State University. Oh. <laughs> I don't I, know. I just wish I would have been part of that class. I heard he was giving out like $2,500, too. Is he really? That's what they were saying, the gifting of people that graduate in his graduating class. Yeah. He's doing like a, a stipend or like a... It's like a Christmas gift that's like, yeah. hey, man, uh, congratulations on graduating. Here's $2,500. I should have graduated with Chris Paul. Man. I know, man. Yeah. That's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. No, it looks like it's done. So anyway, so that is happening today. Um, he also played pretty well last night, which I know has been a concern for a lot of Suns fans of, okay, how far can we actually go this season right. if, if Chris Paul's not going to get back? I mean, they. if you're talking about winning the title, they still need Chris Paul to be great. You know what I mean? If you're talking about being a good team, a playoff team, you know, maybe you finish third or fourth in the West, he can just be good. But if you want to win the whole thing, they probably need him to be great. So what's what's what do you qualify as great? So was last night considered great with fifteen points, thirteen assists, seven rebounds, couple of steals, he just looked, one turnover. He just looked better. Last night's a tough game to get a read out of because it was such an odd game and the right. Clippers weren't playing anybody, but I, for the regular season, yeah, that's fine. If, if, as far as what I would qualify as great for Chris Paul, I would say that series against New Orleans in the first round last year. That was great. That was very great. Yeah, that's kind of that that, spectacular. That might be a little bit higher. Yeah. <laughs> what he did in that series. Right. But I'm just saying, like, he doesn't have to be that. He doesn't have to take over three games in the best of seven series. Right. But this is fine. What we saw last night for the regular season is fine for me. Okay. All right. I, I think he just, yeah. I, I don't know if he has to be great. I think he has to be what he was essentially last night. Be consistent. I think last year it was just such a drop-off, right, yeah. for whatever reason. Um, did he get sick? What was he dealing injuries dealing dealing with, right? And I think that is um, what he needs to be able to, to get over, right, the consistency of his body in the playoffs. I don't, and, and, and so greatness to me is being available at a, at a, at a, at a solid level for him because it's either – Feast, or then it's famine when he gets the injuries and he kind of disappears, and you, you've been counting on that. When you see what the team saw, it, the extreme version, what the team does when Chris Paul isn't consistent, right? Like right. that Dallas series, he dropped off in like what game three, and then the team was just like, "What do we do?" Right? Yeah, because you've been counting on him the whole season, yeah. essentially, right? And then he was he wasn't able to give you what you were counting on, and so I, I think consistency. Um, is more so important than him being able to go out there and put up 
28 or 30 points. Yeah, I don't think there's specific you know I mean? numbers for him. Yeah, yeah it's I just think more the like... consistency, being there, the energy and effort, right? He's impacting games, the way he's directing, you know, passing, his his attitude when he's getting in other people's faces, doing the Chris Paul thing that people can't stand, but I love because he's on our team now, right? <laughs> doing those type of things and being able to back it up because sometimes when you when you don't have it physically, you can't necessarily do those same things because you can't yeah you can't back it up. I'm talking trash to this dude, but he's giving it to me, right? Well, yeah, and you could you could hear Chris Paul yelling at teammates during that game last night when it was it wasn't even really close at that point but when when they were kind of starting to waver he gathered everybody up and you could hear him you couldn't hear exactly what he's saying but you could kind of piece together what he was saying right and that's what i want to see and i think that's the hardest thing the older you get in whatever sport you're playing is being able to repeat those performances um, at will, because you can't take any time off in the playoffs, right? You can you can maybe sit out a back to back during a regular season, or you know the the extended uh, recovery period for his heel, right? You can do that in the regular season, but when those things come up in the playoffs, you can't. And so, making sure that he is in, you know, peak position, um, um, maybe has a little bit more tread on the tires than in years past so yeah. that he can be consistently good every night. It doesn't have to be great. I think consistently good every night will allow this team to be in a position to where they're competing, you know, beyond round two, right? Getting into that to that um semifinals. I think I think what you're saying is enough if as long as Booker's healthy and as long as Cam Johnson takes the next step that it looked like he was going to take before he got hurt. I just write like if you go back to last year, Booker was was playing great, but then Chris Paul when, when he wasn't when and he really trailed off. I mean, so that's not even the best example. It right. wasn't like Chris Paul was <laughs> right. okay. He didn't look like Chris Paul, um, but then everybody else went down with him. And right now, it's like okay, who else would step up and be that second scorer? He's so good at facilitating, making somebody else that second scorer though. That just as long as he's Chris Paul, uh, I think you're okay. This is um, this is Chris Paul actually last night talking about Mikel Bridges because Mikel was trying to bounce back from that four for twenty four shooting game and he did. Here's CP three. Bridges is a very good player. Do you think he's on the cusp of getting even you know the next step? Mikel Bridges. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he becoming what? a star. Becoming a what? A star. And no, Mikel Bridges. He is a joke. He just be out there doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> Play every night, you know what I mean? Just be running around, fouling, doing all types of stuff. You know? yeah. I have yet to hear a member of the Phoenix Suns in a post-game press conference when asked a, a leading question about how great Mikel Bridges is. Give Mikel Bridges credit. <laughs> that must be like a running joke that it they is. have internally, where they just gonna keep killing him in the media just because he's you know he's just different, just a different dude, built different. Probably he's extremely funny. He seems like he's a f- uh, extremely funny dude. Yeah, like you know off you know in in the locker room or doesn't take himself out. too seriously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Mikel Bridges, man, he's a clown. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just messing with him. Chris Paul flat out just called Mikel Bridges a joke. Yeah. After the game where Mikel shot 11 of 18, 27 points, six rebounds, a couple blocks, a steal in there as well. I mean, gave you 39 minutes in a game that wasn't even, uh, was never really close after the first, I don't know, 10 minutes of that game. It right. was pretty clearly the, the Suns win, and yet Mikel just kept going. And uh, yeah, every time, every time. Like, I, this is my plea to reporters out there. Keep asking them right. about how great Mikel is because they're going to keep giving you these answers. And, and I this love it. A- yeah, and this ascension by Mikhail is a reason why, again, 
Chris Paul doesn't have to be great. He just needs to be consistently good, right? Yeah. And so if you can have, Mikael can continue to develop um, his ability to score the basket and then make it consistent, right? It's for the most part where you can almost guarantee he's going to give you, I don't know, 20 or so points. If right, you can get 20 that, a night from Mikel, you right? are a different and he has that, And he has that capability of doing it, yeah. right? And this is really the first year of him kind of figuring out who he is being this true, like, elite two-way player where I can give you, you know, to your to to what we just talked about twenty twenty five and then shut down their best player kind of almost like when Clay was in his prime right before the injuries right trying to see if he can start moving towards that type of impact in a player and he has that ability and I think everybody realizes that he just still has to continue to work through that role and 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 make it a more of a consistent showing from the offense to stand aside because he's gonna give you effort and energy every time he yeah you never out have there. to worry about you that. don't have to worry about that at all but just the consistency as far as you know putting the ball in the bucket but I think as as you see these games where he feels it, confidence, he realized he can have a, sh- a bad shoot night and not be afraid to come back again, right? And then you have 11 for 18 night, working your way through it. I think it's going to definitely pay dividends. And then I- I'm always, I'm just going to keep out hope for my man D.A., right? <laughs> Him, because we've seen what he can do, right? Yeah. This, this, I'm going to keep hoping and wishing that that he turns that thing on. And again, maybe he's, you know, I got it. I know I can do it. Maybe he's going to turn it on for the playoffs consistently every night. I would like to see a young player like that do it every night. So I know but that's not who he is. That's I, fine. I believe that he can <laughs> do it, but I'm not going to hold my right, breath for but, him to consistently the, do it. But maybe the playoffs is going to be a different mindset this year for him where he just does it every single night, much like what we saw Two years yeah, ago. Yeah, two years ago he did. I mean, right, that was, that was, right. that's and a true so thing in the if playoffs. If you have a guy that like that plays at his best, too, this team can be a formidable team. And I know they just went through the five game skid. You know, that's going to happen and stuff like that. No, it didn't happen last year, but you're going to have teams. You look around the NBA, uh, you know, you see, we, Boston blew us out, then they got blew out, right? Yeah. So well, it's not Boston even. Boston almost lost, well, lost three in a row after yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of hard, you know, the regular season for what it is. It's the culture is different. So really preparing yourself to be your best when it's, when it's time to, when it's winter go home, essentially. And that's, and that's the playoffs. Uh, we come back, back to football. Thursday night football last night. Okay, the 49ers win again. Are the Seahawks like on the verge of missing the playoffs after that start they got off to? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke, Lorenzo Alexander in for Wolf on 98 Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Alert, alert, alert. Presented by 72 Souls. 51, 51, let's go. Let's go. Here we go. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke on a Friday morning. Lorenzo Alexander is in for Wolf today. Play around the fulcrum football coming up a little bit. I just keep saying, yeah, there is actually a game between the Broncos and the Cardinals. <laughs> Other than talking to Brandon Stokely in the first hour, we haven't really gotten into it yet today. And honestly, Zoe, that game last night was uh, was compelling for, for some more reasons because... You had San Francisco, who's just on a tear now. They get Brock Purdy. He, he never ended up missing a game, but he there was some question if he was going to be able to play last night. He played. They won. He looked good. They've won seven in a row. And if you're a Cardinals fan, you're loving the fact that out of this dark season, the one light that you have right now is the Seahawks are falling fast right out of that playoff picture in the NFC. Why does that matter to the Cardinals? That's all you have if you're a Cardinals fan. <laughs> oh, as a fan, yes. oh, as a fan. It doesn't matter. It's not oh, helping the team at oh. all. But if you're a fan, <laughs> at least you can look and say, oh, yeah, okay, the Seahawks. This is what the Seahawks have done since the last time right. they played the Cardinals. They beat the Cardinals on November 6th. 
November 6th, okay? It's December 16th. They've won one game since then, and it was barely over the Rams. Yeah, and I don't see them. They're not going to win next week. Obviously, they lost last night to the Niners. Kansas City is probably going to tranche them a little bit. They can beat the Jets and the Rams, so I don't I don't know where they're gonna if they're gonna fall out of the playoffs or not. Um, I know right now they're sitting in the AC and they have the Giants in front of them, and they've beat the Giants, so they do have the tiebreaker if in some way they end up to an equal record. But you know, you maybe, left the Lions out I was of the about to, I, No, I was about to say the Lions. I'm <laughs> yeah. looking at the Lions now. They're sitting right behind the Hawks, right, and they mm-hmm. play the Jets, Carolina, Chicago, Green Bay. Right. So they could easily fly up that radar as well, because I think either the the commanders or the Giants, one of those guys are going to get in. and It's going to be like a three team team race between um, the Hawks, whoever that NFC East team that kind of falls apart and in the Lions. And I, I was just looking, double checking back. Seattle has the tiebreaker over Detroit because they beat them in correct. that 48, 45 game. Yeah. And they, and they had the tiebreaker over Detroit as well. Yeah. So. Um, so the Lions essentially probably have to win out. I think they are, well, they're not, a, if they win this weekend, they'll be equal, right? And they just need, they just need Seattle to lose another game, which check Kansas City, right? Yeah. And, and that's kinda, why Kansas and this, City's there. And really just win out and for the Lions in that, in that perspective. And then all the fans of the, the Cardinals can be, can be happy. Well. Happier. I don't know about happy. I don't know if happy is an option this season. Well, anytime happier. the 12s can't, don't have anything to hold over your head, you can be happy All about right, that. That's, that's fine. I'll, you I, know what look, I mean? I'll take it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the consolation prize for this season. Let's at least have that. Now, on the other side of the football last night, 49ers win again. Yes, it was the defense again. Yes, it was Christian McCaffrey again. But I tell you, Brock Purdy looked pretty good in that game, Zoe. And this is Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark went, went, uh, went hardcore with this, with the Brock Purdy love. I'll start with this clip right here. When we talk about what's really getting down to winning football games is what the San Francisco 49ers have. They have not just a good defense, but a dominant defense. Skilled players all around the field, starting with Christian McCaffrey on offense, going to George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel when he returns. And you have the best quarterback play that this team has gotten all year. Yeah, It's better than what we saw from Trey Lance. It's better than what we saw from Jimmy G. Brock Purdy is the best player that's played that position for this team the entire season, and that's why he has this team rolling and prime for an NFC Championship matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, so just, just, I'll just use QB quarterback rating here as as the divider, or whatever. Trey Lance didn't get to play much, so it's right. kind of hard. But you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, as much as I, I thought Jimmy G was overrated for a long time in his career, I mean, he's maybe a little underrated right now. He had a hundred three quarterback rating this season. Brock Purdy so far is at one hundred point six. But come on, Christian McCaffrey's Q quarterback rating is one hundred fifty eight point three because he threw that one <laughs> touchdown pass. So he's their best quarterback this year, right? I mean, it just comes down to. Um Consistency and and, and uh, yeah, Jimmy G just has a bad rap on him. I've always thought he was solid and good, right? Yeah, he's not he's, he's not to write home about, but doesn't he's gonna, really hurt you that he much. He is a guy that you can get around. You know he's going to do his job. Be prepared, get the ball out, run the offense, right, and put you in a position to win the game. He's not going to be costing you game, throwing four or five interceptions, and you looking at him like, man, what you doing? And I think Purdy is kind of taking that same type of of rhythm um, as far as stepping in. Allowing McCaffrey, allowing uh, before Debo got hurt, Debo, right, um, the weapons around him, and then allowing that defense just to be that defense and not putting them in bad situations. And so last night, just really efficient, right? You got, what, 17 for 26, 217, two tugs, right? No interceptions. And that's how 
as a young quarterback, you come in and just take those baby steps, right? You don't have to try to make all these crazy throws and be somebody you're not. Just take take advantage of your opportunity, right, and have this slow build so when you get to the playoffs, you're really comfortable, you have this momentum going, and you really make it tough for them to put Jimmy G even back in there. Yeah, no, that's a good point. If they get that deep, I, I don't know how you can how you could make a switch. Purdy... You know, they've they've done this about as well as you can so far because he, A, is a talented player, and he kind of had like a weird path with all the, the COVID year and everything when he was in college, so maybe he shouldn't have been the last pick in the draft. He probably should have been a little bit higher, but either way, he's there. But, like, his teammates have been building him up. Shanahan's putting him in a good position to succeed. The defense puts any quarterback in a good position to succeed because right. it's like, hey, if you can get 14 points, you're going to win tonight. That play last night where he was he faked left first. Fake right. Fake right. Double, and George yeah. Kittle's just walking down right. the middle of the field. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Seattle seemed to forget George Kittle was on the team last night, so that right. helped. Well, that's Shanahan for you, to your point. I mean, I think if you look at every quarterback for the most part, and I, maybe I'm missing one, but you think about um, RG3. Think about Kirk Cousins. You think about Matt Ryan. Um, obviously, Jimmy G. Um, and now you have Purdy. And then obviously, Lance just hasn't had enough reps. Lance hasn't really, really played. Yeah, give you an. But all of those guys, when they were Kyle Shanahan, they they play pretty good football, right? And I think a lot of that has to do with his the way he sees the game, the player development, and uh, his his scheme, the way he he plans the game out and puts those guys in positions to be successful with the weapons that they have around them. Well, if they're going to get even just the production they got from Purdy last night, that's going to be it's going to be them in Philly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those <laughs> yeah, two for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. This is Ryan Clark on Get Up. How about this, though? If Purdy wins the Super Bowl, well, I'll just let him finish the thought. Oh, yeah. I know everybody gets upset that you ever compare everything to Tom Brady because for some reason they always thought he had this ch- this chiseled chin and they always thought he could afford Tom Ford suits. But that wasn't who Tom Brady was. He was 199th picked overall. And Brock Purdy, if he brings this team to a championship, it's a more more improbable run than that run. This is Mr. Irrelevant. In his rookie year, he was the third quarterback on the roster. He takes over a team that has a good defense, that has a good run game, but has never depended on his quarterback. And he's elevated the level of play at the quarterback position. It's fired up. Yeah, yeah. Every time I hear, he's fired up every time he talks. When, when he speaks, when he, I, obviously, I, I, I respect RC and everything that he said. I just, all I'm listening to is his breaths yeah. in between. <laughs> That's great. Now I'm going to be thinking that every time. <laughs> you just ruined Ryan Clark for me. I tell you, and we're going to hit the break here. I, if, if San Francisco wins the Super Bowl this year, like, I, I mean, the Brady thing was a while ago, but I, I remember, what like, was that, what, three? Yeah, I remember thinking, like, that was crazy that, that, you know, Drew Bledsoe goes down and they could win that Super Bowl. It would be crazy if San Francisco won this year, but I kind of think they're one of the four best teams. I, I don't know that I would be that shocked if they won the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, I mean, this year. the teams were very similar. I mean, defensively built and driven. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Tom, I don't think Tom won that Super Bowl. I think he contributed he to it, it right? Yeah. And and that's who you got to be when you first start out. And then you can eventually maybe become a Tom Brady if you're Purdy, but you can't be that. You got to play your role, right? And as those opportunities, as we were talking about yesterday, when those opportunities present themselves like it did last night, right? Double front paint. Don't overthrow it or Didn't don't throw it. George right. Don't yeah. miss the wide open, the easy give me. 
um, similar to what Jimmy G did in, in the playoffs uh, when they was in the Super Bowl a couple of years, and he overthrew somebody r- r- wide open, right? Yep. And you have those opportunities. you got to maximize those. And you only need one or two a game, right? You don't have to be the orchestrator coming back in the fourth quarter because this defense is going to be ha- always have you in a position where it's really tight, and maybe if you can get a lead, keep that lead for you. Yeah, it helps to have that defense and Christian McCaffrey, and a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Who are the players that are going to swing the game on Sunday between the Cardinals and the Broncos? The Week 15 edition of Fulcrum Football is next. It's Wolf and Luke. Lorenzo Alexander in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona's sports. It's part of the NFL. It's not easy. It's not easy to win in the NFL. Everybody want to win. Who or what is the tipping point? That's going to be key to our success. This is Fulcrum Football with Wolf and Luke. Wow. All right. I'm <laughs> week 15 Fulcrum Football. This is one of my favorite segments of the week, though. So we do it during football season. We were even doing it during the preseason with, you know, kind of big picture around the league. We might do it in the playoffs. Uh, Wolf and I do it every Friday going into the game. But during the regular season, it's okay. Who's going to swing the Cardinals game? You can draft any Cardinals. You can draft anybody on the opposing team. It doesn't have to be the best players. Just who's going to swing the game? But I tell you, Zoe, you are in here on one of the most difficult weeks to do this because I'm looking at the Cardinals roster, what's left of it, and Denver's roster, what's left of it. <laughs> this is going to be a challenge today. Yes, it will be. But, hey, I always got my guys I see out here that are still flying around and balling. Like All you right. said, don't got to be the best players or the person that you may think about first um, that can ultimately swing a game if their production and the way they play uh, increases significantly. All right, well, let's go with the coin flip. No, look, I won. Okay, I get to pick first. Um, so I'm going to go, and I'm going to keep it simple, and I'm going to go with the guy coming off a game he blamed the loss on himself. We saw that on Hard Knocks. He's probably the best player on the field on Sunday. I'll go with DeAndre Hopkins. He saw what you saw, Tony. So I'm, I'm just going simple there. So start things off. Just give me D-Hop, and then we'll go from there. I, I figure right. a guy that wants, not that he has to... You know, get retribution for what happened, but kind of make up for what happened. He certainly sounded like he wanted to make up for what happened on Monday. Exactly. I mean, that's just who D-Hop is and, and, and what he does, being accountable to uh, not only himself, but uh, for his team as well. All right. So it's my turn. Pick, yeah. uh, I am going to rock with James Conner. Uh, yes. I think when they're able to run the ball, when he has his physical presence, um, obviously he gives you a little bit out of the backfield with his hands as well. But if they can make this game a two-dimensional game, obviously having Colt McCoy coming coming in for injured Kyler Murray, going up against this type of defense that is, you know, if this if their offense was just scoring 19 points, yeah. with, their, their record would be 10-3. and three. That just tells you how good their defense is, right, how stingy they are. You have to make it a two-dimensional game. And so to, uh, to uh, what's the right word, to go with your high Hopkins. I can't think of the word I want to look like. To compliment your Hopkins, okay. I'm going to go with the run game of James Conner and what he's able to do. All right, so I'm going to pause right here after the first round of Fulcrum football. That's it, right? That's how you're going to beat Denver. You're either throwing to Hopkins or running with Conner. It doesn't have to get crazy and complicated beyond that. It no, it doesn't. It, it, do- it, it may, it, but it doesn't have to. It, it, it does. You can keep the game simple, right? A couple of wrinkles in there, but you know, I always talk about, you know, let's build something here. Let's build something as far as let's run the ball, run the ball. Oh, that that's a it looks like a run. Nope, it's a play action. 
Hopkins, you know, right? Yeah. So I think just a combination of obviously Cliff is. Can 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 we pick Cliff? You can pick Cliff if you want. Go ahead. It would be a first, but you can if you want. You can also, if you want, pick Nathaniel Hackett. Oh no, I don't know. I'm not touching him. No, no. Just to be clear, it's swing the game for the better or the worse. Oh, is it? Oh, oh, I thought it was just for the work the better. Okay. All right. See, second pick here, man. Okay, well, no Zach Allen now, so I'm looking at this defense. So, and I'm, you know, I'm going to go with a guy that has played really well over the last month or so. I'm going to go with JJ Watt. Buddy Deal, what's your favorite color? This is, you mentioned, you know, Denver Denver doesn't score a lot. They don't give up a lot. So what that does is it's going to put pressure on the Cardinals' defense to, you don't want to be the team that allowed Denver to, to get loose for 27 points, right? right. I, I know they did against the Chiefs last week, but that was kind of a weird circumstance. And Russell Wilson actually looked good for a little bit, and, and they were down by like 30 when they, when they finally got the offense going. So if you're the Cardinals, you're going to this game saying, if you want to beat Denver, it's probably got to be like 20 to 17 or 17 to 14. Right. I'll go with J.J. Watt. Okay. All right. I thought you said you didn't have to pick the best players or the most notable players. You Both of your guys yeah, well, were like the best, most <laughs> notable, recognizable people on the team. It has just worked you out. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, so I'm just checking. Okay, because I'm, I'm just also, picking former Texans. That's all. Oh, I'm doing. Okay, I'm also going defense. Okay, and uh, like this young guy, and um, he's he's been up and down, but I think he's trending in the right direction as far as bringing his game more consistently and getting after the passer, and also being disruptive in the screen game and the run game, and that's my. My Jai Sanders. <laughs> Messed that up is my Jay. My Jay Sanders. There we go. That was my guy during the preseason. I was like, this is going to be. Yeah. yeah and, uh, and he's getting more opportunities. I think that's one of the benefits of not necessarily playing for something, right? I think a lot of times organizations, coaches don't want to necessarily rely on young guys because they don't trust them quite yet. Yeah. He's been able to get a lot of reps along with some of these other young guys to really see who they are and what type of players they can be. And if he continues to develop who he is as a professional and attention to detail and fundamentals, he has the opportunity, I think, of being one of those players that can be a difference maker week in and week out, like a J.J. Watt. I'm uh, I'm turning into Wolf because I'm noticing my picks have a theme. Yes. And I'm also turning into Wolf because he always takes all the offensive linemen, but I'm going to take Kelvin Beecham. Yeah, Paul, you're dumb. <laughs> who, who, who was that? That sounded like Kevin Beecham. That, that sounded like Beach. That was you, Zoe. Oh, was it? Oh, Calling oh. Paul Calvisi dumb at one point. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a great one. Okay. Oh, that's me. I don't even know my own voice. I don't I don't re- I don't ever listen it didn't to myself. Sound like you so if right you ever there. think that I go home and like watch film and listen to the yeah. to what we do to see how I can no improve, air checks. I, I I I don't. I don't. So Yeah, Paul, you're yeah. dumb. Alright. I love it, man. That's a great cut. Yeah, we got to keep that playing that. All the time. We got to work that into his. All anytime Calvisi comes on, that intro. I don't like the be. way you use it and referring him to pick, pick and beach him, who I really love and respect. Well, I don't think that's dumb because I also went with offensive line, but yeah. mine was somebody that's not as consistent as Beecham, and that's Cody Ford, right? Looking at him, what he what is he going to bring to the game this week? Last week, I believe he gave up. <laughs> For sure, I saw. Right, and with the with Colt McCoy in the game, right, somebody that's not as mobile as Kyler, you have to be able to you have to be able to have to uh, um, pass pass protection. Got to have it. Um, obviously, Cody is a is a bruiser, is very physical. But this week, I think with that interior defensive line, you have to do a good job of holding up there, and that'll make a big difference as far as allowing Colt to be comfortable. Because we saw as the last week, as the Patriots started getting after him, right? With like with any quarterback, you get hit, yeah. you start taking a step back as far as your your comfort confidence level, as far as getting the ball out and knowing where you want to go with it. Well, and I just like uh, 
along those lines, I mean, part of the reason I like Beecham is because he's he's the only guy on offense that was supposed to start that has played all year, and he right. is. I mean, you know him. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. such a good leader. I think you have two teams that playoff-wise have nothing to play for on Sunday, so I think it really is going to come down to leadership and just who can get their guys going. Both teams are yeah. beat up, too. And yeah, and, and to your point, when you say that, this is what how I think. Like, most good teams end up, teams that end up winning the Super Bowl, they get help from young guys that are unexpected, that you're yeah. not counting on, right? Young rookies, maybe second, third-year guy that takes that next step. I think the same thing goes when you're on a really bad team, right? There's a reason, right? You have some players that have been maybe unprofessional, unaccountable, that haven't done the things necessary for them to be in a position to help your team win, and so therefore you have uh, a piss-poor record. And so I think as the season, and this time, if you want to get out of that, those guys have to grow up, right? We talk about becoming a man, a professional. Those guys have to grow up, and I think that comes to some of these guys that I'm talking about. Hey, grow up. Yeah. Be consistent. Be who you are play in and play out, not sometimey. And I think when you become more consistent in that way, then the overall, the result takes care of itself. Well, we went three rounds. I'm surprised we were able to get that much out of this game. We were out of time. I was going to try and take a Bronco, but you either just take the entire Broncos defense yeah. or that's it. So you ended up with James Conner, MyJ Sanders, Cody Ford. I went with uh, Hopkins, J.J. Watt, and Kelvin Beecham. So that was Week 15's Fulcrum Football. When we come back... How realistic is that that hope a lot of Cardinals fans have that you can get Sean Payton to the Valley? And got some insight from Sean Payton. We'll, uh, we'll react to that next. It's Wolf and Luke, Lorenzo Alexander in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, Paul, you're dumb. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke, presented by 72 Soul. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> This segment earlier in the show, and then we got the statement from Sean Kugler's lawyer, and the statement from Sean Kugler, and the Cardinals statement back. And I'm sure you've been hearing that throughout the uh, the updates with Sarah Cazell, and we talked about it earlier. We'll talk about it again in a little bit. But so I, I want to get into the Sean Payton side of things here, and I I guess everything everything kind of ties together. Um, there's been a I know a lot of Cardinals fans want Sean Payton to be the coach of this team next year and I get it and I, I will say this this is sort of my stance on Cliff I don't think this is all his fault I don't think just getting rid of Cliff suddenly fixes everything I I, I just don't think that's the case I really don't uh, what I don't want to do I don't want to get rid of Cliff Kingsbury just for the sake of hey let's get rid of him if you're getting right. Sean Payton that's different but if you're just getting rid of him just because you're upset and there's got to be a fall guy, you better have a better option coming in. That's that's, right. my, that's yeah. my stance on this. No, no, I, I definitely agree with that. You can't just have another guy who's unproven or doesn't have uh, what I think is is needed to to run a football team. And yeah. this is just me talking based on on the result that we're seeing and in some of the rumblings that you see as far as you know being accountable how we practice all those things i think add up to to having winning seasons continually right the development of kyler murray whatever that looks like um and so you got to make sure that whoever's coming in is better suited at least from you know conversations and 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 maybe what they've done in the past with other guys that have so they have a track record versus just going with maybe the the next hot thing or trend that may look sexy but really doesn't have everything that's needed. Just making a move for the sake right, of making for, a move. It's right, to but your point. Not for so, the right reasons. Right. And so you, may, you have to make sure that it's in place because if you if you don't do it that way, 
you can still find yourself in a bad position. Yeah. Um, you know, three or four years later, because not only is that person going to come in, they have to restart, they have to recline, and and it may not be the standard needed, and you kind of getting yourself in the same place that you're in right now, anyway. Yeah, and I would be clear. I mean, look, the the Cardinals are four and nine. Cliff's got to take some blame for that. I'm not saying that he's even necessarily the answer. I just don't think he's all of the problem, and I don't want to be what the Suns were before they had Monty Williams. It was like a new coach every six months for, it felt like, four years there. Now, Sean Payton's a different story. If you're telling me, okay, Sean Payton is on the table for the Cardinals, all right, then I'm listening. Sean Payton, the guy's got a Super Bowl. I, I'm very interested to see what he could do with Kyler Murray, but the story keeps changing now, Zoe, because I didn't think Sean Payton was a real option for the Cardinals. I didn't think they would blow out the GM and the head coach. Then Kyler Murray gets hurt, and I'm like, okay, was Sean Payton really going to want to come coach Kyler Murray if Kyler Murray's not even here? Mm. But now with all the uncertainty around time, I don't know if that makes it easier to move on from the coach as well, but then you have the 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 other aspect of this, and this is Sean Payton on the Ryan Rosillo podcast saying, okay, and, and let's be clear, Sean Payton's going to get to pick where he goes Correct. among the openings. Well, what's important to Sean Payton? Is it just a quarterback, or is there more? It's going to be a lot more dependent on the leadership in the front office and, and the ownership, uh, because there are some there are some of those jobs where I don't care who your quarterback is. Like it, it's it, if we're looking at past performance and we're trying to predict future achievement, you know, there, there's some of these places that have just been dysfunctional. And it, and it hasn't been a head coach issue. It's been more of an ownership issue. Now, I would argue the Cardinals have not been dysfunctional, but right now, <laughs> if you're right. Sean Payton, do you want to come here right now? Yeah, it's an organizational issue, depending on. But, I mean, you go back, and I, and obviously I, my, my experience was with Bruce Arians, right? And I don't know what happened. I forget who the head coach was before then. Uh, Wins and Hunt. And yeah. so... Um, I don't know what the issues were with there, but Bruce had great success here, yeah. right? And the only reason why he walked away was more from a health standpoint, and you didn't have any drama, right? And then you and then you switch out, and now, so I don't know if Bruce was able to control someone because he's a big personality, right? And is able to rein in certain folks, even on the executive side, because some head coaches, the dynamic is you think it's ownership, GM, head coach underneath them. Right, and then the staff. Not with BA. Not with BA, and even in <laughs> Buffalo, and because I know this, right? That uh, Brandon and um, and uh, Sean McDermott are more on the same level. I mean, they actually hired Sean before they hired Brandon, right? And so it depends on the dynamic uh, within the organization and who that head coach is. Right. Even if you have a GM, like nobody's going to be over Bill Belichick when he's there. Right. That would be even awkward. If, even if they had a GM, he yeah. just that's your title. But I make the final decisions. And so I think that's what Sean is talking about. Right. What is the the, the organizational structure dynamic? And as far as am I going to be able to put my imprint on this? Because you can have some it's always going to be some chaos and some adversity from the top as far as what's going on that you can't control. But does Sean have the authority to make some decisions that kind of minimizes? what happens maybe on, on, on that side a little bit. They are, the Cardinals right now are at their most dysfunctional at the worst possible time, I think, if you're trying to get Sean Payton. If that, and maybe they never even wanted him. But. Well, let's think about it, though. Who who where where is the dysfunction coming from? What what is it? I don't even know anymore. Right? <laughs> I really don't. So if we, if we talk about it, we talk about, right, Sean Coogler, right? That that was it. That was an issue. There was another coach, I believe. There was another that was coach earlier in the season, yeah. Right, right. You had a player, 
that was let go because of an altercation, right? He's no longer here, right? Also and got it, let go in Houston for in that right, weird, yeah. So yeah. and then um, um, obviously the Kyler thing. That's I, I, that's. That's a that's something else. That's more football. That's not non football yeah, distraction. That, 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 right? that stuff happens. happens. Yeah. Right. Uh, for for a guy not to want to step into the position. And so what what else is what else has occurred? I don't have the list that Wolf had. I know. Out not, yesterday. I mean, but what I'm lot. saying is when you when if Cliff is not here. That whole staff is not here, right? And so you remove a lot of the individuals that may be associated with that. I don't think Sean is going to come in here. He's going to, he has his guys. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know what his relationship with is with Vance Joseph, right? But most of the time when a new guy comes in, you, everybody's gone. Especially because he can call his shots pretty much. Again, any team that's going to have an opening and whatever, there's always five right. or six. He's going to be able to pick and then the other guys are going to fall in line behind right. him. So I would say the only time he wouldn't, he wouldn't want to walk into a situation, um, you know, like with Washington, right? The drama that's there and that's ownership that you have to deal with, right? I, yeah, Michael, that's, that Michael is, is not different. is not that. No, and that's right? what I was saying before. The, the Cardinals haven't been dysfunctional. Like every team's had issues. I'm yeah. sure there are Cardinals fans being like, "Well, this right. happened a few years ago with Patrick Peterson, yeah. or whatever." Yeah, fine. But I'm saying this right now is the height of their dysfunction. Yeah, right. But he's talking about organizational dysfunction that he from ownership that he has to deal that with. that he can't clean that up. he can't necessarily clean up or he can't really i can't override the owner yeah right so if and and knowing their history i would assume that they're fairly good friends and understand each other right growing up being ball boys together and you both find like yourself it. in the yeah. league pretty sure they've hung out right maybe not you know you know hanging out or taking trips together but they know and probably respect each other for the most part based on the stories that I've heard Sean tell. Probably more than he would know most other owners, owners right? The league, yeah. So I think that is a positive for him wanting to step into this space because he actually knows the owner, or, or unless it's something that he knows that we don't know. Yeah, well, that, right. <laughs> but I don't that think would, he'd be talking yeah, about it the right. way he was exactly. two weeks ago. Or so that would make it a positive, more of a positive, because all the other stuff with the coaches and stuff that, that comes with it would probably be gone in a transition. Uh, one more here from Sean Payton, because then the next logical step is, all right, well, then how important is who the quarterback is on a team you're going to go coach? I read some of these things where this is what he has to, and it's like it's nonsense. It, the quarterback is, is important, but the functionality from front office to ownership is everything. And, and so it won't be because a club is not in position with a current uh, franchise quarterback. I mean, that, that those jobs don't come open. I mean, if, if the quarterback's a franchise player, they're probably winning. See, now that, that's interesting because if this job were to open up, you do have a franchise quarterback in place in Kyler right. Murray. And if I'm, if you, if you're a frustrated Cardinals fan that's frustrated with Kyler Murray, you're like, yeah, he's not really a franchise quarterback. If you're Sean Payton, you're looking and saying he would be if I was his coach. Right, correct. As opposed to most other jobs, unless the Chargers' job became until you open. get in here and they have to deal with Kyler. Well, right? that's different, yeah. right? And so you got to see. So from afar, I think everybody thinks I can come in there and, and do certain things, and maybe he can. Right? He's he has the pedigree of guys that he's worked with. Um, he has the longevity and how he's won. Right? He has a Super Bowl, and so those are things that I think gives him credibility when he's in that space to talk to a guy and motivate a guy differently than somebody who may not have those attributes or those accomplishments with their name. Um, and so, yeah, so, I, you know, I think Sean Payton is a very good quarterback's coach, but obviously a very great coach overall and will be able to come in here and I think have some improvements. And again, though, if you hear him, he's talking about 
uh, organizational structure because he wherever he goes, he doesn't want to go for one or two years. No, he wants a, he wants a John Gruden type deal where I'm there for like ten plus years, where I'm building a legacy and year in year out. I'm a perennial playoff team, right? That's that's where his mind is. And so, yeah, I would like to do that with a with a franchise guy. But if I have great structure, infrastructure, and I have a great a great um, player development section, we can get to where we need to go without having that franchise guy. 49ers, right? Yeah. You yeah. look around the league, right, as far as some guys, I mean, Bill Belichick may get into the playoffs this year, right? Doesn't have a franchise guy, right? It doesn't, you don't have to see a lot of dysfunction around it. They're still competitive. They play hard, right? They may not be who they were, but you can get through these years until you can get somebody back into that position or develop somebody back in that position that's going to get you. But you never really... um Get away from who you are in your culture and in, in, in the um, uh, um, in the standard that you establish. Well, and the other, if you're looking at, at teams that are going to be looking for coaches, some of them may be picking in the top five. So he might just be able to draft his quarterback in That's the future too. and do that. Right. Uh, coming up next, we'll get through the latest in sports. It's Wolf and Down Your Lunch, and it's the Wolf and Luke Show. Lorenzo Alexander in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.